0: Welcome to Your Thought Life Podcast. I am your host, Michael Anderson. I'm trained in cognitive behavior therapy and neuro-linguistic program. It's my mission to help with overcoming mindset issues. If you haven't already, I ask that you subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss any of the episodes that are released on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Please take a few moments and leave us a rating and a review so others looking for this style of content have your vote of confidence, and we can grow the channel and thus reach more people seeking this style of content. And thank you so much for your support of the podcast. How to change your brain is our topic for today. The mind is, and the brain are some of the coolest pieces of equipment that we get for absolutely no charge. It's unfortunate that from time to time, some individuals will not place value on a free gift because they didn't have to earn it, they didn't have to pay for it, they didn't have to strive for it. And the brain comes as a free gift in all of its capabilities. I want to introduce you today to this idea that we can change the brain. We can do things that will allow the brain to grow just like any other muscle in our body. And it doesn't take any tricks. It doesn't take any special know-how. All it takes is for you to come to an understanding of the things we're going to take a look at today in the show. Thus, we have three areas to truly focus on. Why people think they can't change their brains. How I changed my brain. And then I'm going to tell you specifically how science says you change your brain. With respect to why people think they can't change, sometimes, family, it's just a lack of information. People may not be aware of this concept called neuroplasticity. This is, in fact, the science component that has the evidence or the proof necessary to showcase how easy it is for us to change our brains. Sometimes there may be historical beliefs. You know, in the past, it was very common to believe that the brain's structure was largely fixed, and at a certain age, it reached this certain level, and after which, it could not be changed. Science has since dispelled that rumor. Some of us may have been taught that, but that's no longer supported in the field of neuroplasticity. And then sometimes there's this uh, idea of having a degree of comfort with that which is familiar. Think about a change that may be challenging. And sometimes we often find comfort in our familiar thoughts, our familiar patterns, our familiar habits. This is one of the reasons why people remain in cyclical patterns for so long. This is why people who are trying to break free, entering into a realm of the unknown, get so very uncomfortable with being uncomfortable because we're breaking the mold. For me, one of the concepts was a negative self-perception. This is when you have a low self-esteem. This is when you have maybe even negative perceptions about who you are, traits and characteristics that you don't care for, that you have accentuated as not really serving you. If you've ever been familiarized with the term self-fulfilling prophecy, this is when you enter into a specific state of mind, a state of being, how you feel about yourself. You think about that very often and then you verbalize it, guess what? Even if it wasn't true now by the profession and because of all of the energy that you use thinking about it, guess what happens? It comes to pass. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. Some people have misconceptions or misinformation about the brain's ability to... Change or their mind being able to change, or their opinions being able to change, or their biases being able to change. All of these misconceptions keep us in a place where we don't desire to be. Sometimes we refer to this as a fixed mindset where there's no ability for us to do anything about. So called cards that we've been dealt. Others will gravitate to this one called fear of failure. I'm so afraid of what the outcome may be, or I'm so nervous about whether or not I'm going to perform at this level that I've set for myself that may not even be realistic. I'm so fearful of coming out of my comfort zone that now I'm just paralyzed and I'm forced to stay exactly and precisely where I am. Finally, sometimes we struggle with societal and cultural factors where we have these cultural norms and these societal expectations. These things tend to influence us into believing a specific way. We know that what you believe in is how you're going to filter the world. You know, in some cultures, there may be a strong bias on a fixed role or trait or characteristic. If one doesn't have it, then all of a sudden they're not welcomed or they don't have what it takes to be a part of this thought group, think tank. And all of those things, when you boil them down, they really don't matter. What really matters is how we feel about ourselves, how we treat ourselves, and the time we spend coming to understand who we actually are. These are some of the things that people think through that prevent them from feeling like their brains can be changed. Now, let me tell you what I did to change my mind, to change my brain. First, I started with education. I developed as a result of an individual that I worked with that I hold in extremely high regard, a man of science. He was always the smartest person in the room, but he never acted like it. He never spoke like it. He never treated us differently, even though his knowledge of all things pretty much was superior to ours. It was he who led me to the field of science to really begin to think about what I might be able to enjoy if I could just apply myself. And he showed us how to apply ourselves in education, to think about things differently, to open our minds to new outcomes and to different possibilities. This was one way that I changed my mind. Another way I changed is I decided, I made a conscious decision, family, that I was going to have a growth mindset. I started reading a book called Think and Grow Rich. In this book, it really dug deep into the idea of fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Fixed mindset says, I have what I have and it can't be changed. The growth mindset is in line with our title. And our title is How to Change Your Brain. And the book talked about how to change your mind. So we can kind of use those interchangeably here. Because as you grow your mind, you open yourself up to new concepts, precepts, and principles. As a result of that, you get what you need to change your mindset or your mind. So that's another thing that I did. Something else that I'm incredibly proud of. As I looked at all of my goals, and I started to reevaluate why it was I wasn't hitting them, and I started to put together strategies—well-known strategies—that would help me organize them, put them nicely into buckets that made sense, and then to plan them out over horizon, to break them down and make milestones. Then to put governance over it where I would have accountability if I didn't hit what it was I wanted to do. This was a tremendous game changer. Then I said to myself, if I want to continue this process, I should consider becoming a life learner. What I started to do is I opened my ability to absorb information, not just from domains of interest, but across a wide variety of topics. In doing so, I found myself constantly building relationships between all of the different content that I was bringing in. I found myself being able to insert myself into numerous environments and always seem to have something meaningful to say or share. Then I said, I'm going to adopt positivity. I want to be positive at all times. I want to find techniques in various ways where I can ground myself in some principles so that I can be positive the vast majority of the day. I already knew from speaking with others who had come before me, other coaches that I've had, as well as very high net worth individuals, It seemed that they had this flow about themselves. They attributed it to mindset, positivity, morning routine, journaling, visualization, etc. And the last one is I started to take a very, very close look at what I was fearful of and why. And in some of my whys, I had to go several layers deep three to four layers deep to get to what the root cause was. And let me just share with you, this is not something that you're going to do in an evening. This is that quiet quality time that I share with you. This is the time that you're using to find these things out about yourself. I began to just really unpack all of these areas. And I'm journaling and I'm writing and I'm journaling and I'm writing and I'm re-associating them and I'm putting them into meaningful groups. Now I'm putting plans together to go tackle them. I looked up two years later, most of the people that I was associated with two years prior, when I came back, they didn't even know who I was. They said, you're not even that guy anymore. Where's our buddy at? What happened to him? Jokingly, of course, but they were able to see the difference. All of those differences that were noted were a result of things that I did to change my brain. None of these things could have happened without me changing my brain, which allowed me to change my mindset, which allowed me to change my focus which allowed me to then achieve and succeed. Now, let's see what science has to say about this. I mentioned in our introduction neuroplasticity. This proves that the brain is able to change. We're able to see this through MRIs, magnetic resonance imaging, as well as EEGs, electroencephalograms. If you were able to follow some of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work, he teaches mindfulness through meditation, and he brings in people with a wide range of ailments. He measures their brain at the start of their retreat. He gets a baseline, and then at the end of the retreat, after they have gone through his program, they've learned just the art of meditation They get measured again at the end and we're able to clearly see regions of the mind that once were not lit up that are now lit up bright, suggesting that these are areas of the mind that have been awakened so much so that they have grown in their density, capacity, and neurologically. This is huge. Now, let's talk specifically about some of the things that science says that we can do to stimulate change. You will probably notice some overlap between what I'm about to say or share and the things that I shared that I personally have done. Let's start with mindfulness. That's how I really got into this whole walk. This was my pathway from. All that I went through overcoming 3x trauma, there was a lot of baggage that had been left behind. Mindfulness was my entry point into this discipline that we call psychology. I used meditation as my vehicle to grow my mindfulness practice in my own life. I did Meditation exercises, which we know from the previous example where I told you about the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza. We know that meditation is going to be very, very profound for stimulating brand new regions of the mind. In addition to that, it's going to literally heighten your awareness. Knowing what you're thinking about is really important if you want to change it because you can't come to understand what you're not thinking about until you really understand what you're thinking about. Then there's emotional regulation. That's of critical importance as well, because a lot of the things that we feel will trigger various moods, will trigger various mindsets, will trigger various reactions. And being mindful now of what we're feeling and thinking, this starts to lay the groundwork for us to be able to grow this practice of self-development to a heightened state. They say number two is diversifying your experience, exposing yourself to a wide variety of experiences, cultures, and perspectives. Traveling, hanging out with different groups, taking in different styles of music, enjoying books from various genres, communicating with people that you don't have relationships with typically. All of these things create diversity. Then if you want to really light up various parts of the brain, they suggest that you learn how to play a new instrument. You've got to lay down a brand new section of your brain to store all of that content. You've got to store how to move your hands. As an example, if you want to play the keyboard or the piano, you've got to learn various motor skills with your hands. First one by one, then both hands together. You've got to be able to see those notes on the sheet of music and translate that to the various chords. There's a lot going on. You need a whole section of your brain developed to store all of that brand new content. And then there's engaging in art and creative expression. I used to say to my good friends, I wish I were creative. I never had to wish that. All I needed to do is sit down and begin doing the things that stimulate creative thought. Now I look back on that, I go, man, I could have had this 10 years ago. All I needed to do was sit down. So if painting is something you're interested in, if drawing, writing, any of these things can be really good tools for you to change your brain. And if that's not your cup of tea, just consider doing some cognitive challenges. There's so many fantastic apps we can download for Apple and for Android. That will challenge our brain. The brain is just like the rest of our other muscles. It's use or lose. In a case like that, it's good for us to have something that we can do on a daily basis to put our brain through a little bit of stress the same way we would with a long walk or some weight training to keep it sharp, to keep it agile, to keep it growing. You want to prevent having a weak memory? Just keep learning stuff. You want to prevent some of the degenerative mind and brain diseases? Keep doing this type of stuff. You're far less likely. I forget the percentage, but it's a relatively high number. Then let's talk about physical activities such as exercising. This is incorporating a variety of different strength training objectives that Gives you the ability to detoxify your body. It puts a nice strain on your muscles, your ligaments, your tendons. You need all of these to live a long life. You need them to be strong to the extent that you have a very good exercise regimen. There are certain chemicals that are released as a component of a workout that cleanse various areas, Only at least set up the cleansing process for when you go to rest at night to really wipe clear all of the excess things that you don't need going into the next day. We should stay curious. People watch. You know, I get a real kick out of that. I like to also just take a look at something. I like to just take it apart in my head Or if I don't understand it well enough to do that, then I'll see how it works. What are all the pieces and parts that make it up? You can do this too. Look at the areas that you're interested in. Just begin to take some time to deconstruct those and to see how does that actually work the way it works? Why does that behave the way it behaves? You'll be amazed at how interested or interesting that topic will become when you really understand how it works. And then think about embracing new challenges. Seek out things and situations that take you out of your comfort zone, that make you think big, big and bold dreams. As you break them down and you see the various components that you need to go and do to achieve it, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. You don't even have to really understand how you're going to get to it. All you have to do really right now is be determined to stay the course, learn as you need to learn to overcome whatever the next challenge is. If that automatic negative thought pops in your head and says, hey, you really shouldn't try this, something bad may happen, ignore that and do it anyway. I like to say, Feel the fear and do it anyway. Finally, positive affirmations and self-talk. You have to treat yourself well. We have to talk to ourselves the way we talk to our best friends. We shouldn't be harsh or critical. We shouldn't say things like we're stupid. We shouldn't say things like we're so dumb. Even if you feel it, don't say it out loud because your brain in your mind are listening to everything you say and you are what you say. Whether you want that to be the case, it's a universal principle. No one can escape it. Reframe those negative thoughts. Say the opposite. If you don't feel smart in a particular day, don't say I'm dumb. Say that. I wonder how I could have done that differently to achieve the outcome that I wanted. See how much more constructive that was? See how that stimulated curiosity? That's how we want to treat ourselves. We want to treat ourselves with dignity and respect at all times. And we want to be appreciative and thankful for who we are and the gifts that we have. This was it, family. This is how you change your brain. And if you can just start to chip away at some of these areas, sort of one by one, what you're going to find is... You're going to be able to easily see that you, too, can promote brain change through personal development. The brain is highly adaptive. It wants to grow. It wants to adapt. It wants to be flexible. It wants to serve you the best it can. So by continuously exposing yourself to new experiences and challenges, you're then encouraging positive change. This is the essence of neuroplasticity. Thanks for tuning in. And that's going to conclude this episode. I appreciate your time and attention. I want to remind you that you are enough. You can do it. and You are uniquely equipped to realize your goals. Until next time, take care and be safe.